Hey, everybody, and welcome in to Championship Week here at your Corporate Global Football Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes, and today I am joined by none other than the only other regular season champion in league history, Wyatt Keener. Wyatt, wow. how are you? Wow, Hunter, thank you. I forgot that we're in that rare company. I'm not trying to make the listeners feel bad, but I'm doing great and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we wish Spicer uh, great safe travels this holiday season. Uh, but in the meantime, it you know it feels uh, appropriate to make sure we still have a a league finalist on the podcast the week of the championship, like we did last year. So uh, couldn't be the co-host this year, but uh, we'll take you as a great consolation. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I hope to uh, to live up to William's legacy as a, a long-standing co-host of the greatest football podcast on the internet. I can't argue with you there. Um, Why we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, We're joining you, or we're coming to you live from halftime of the Kentucky-Missouri game, and I'm in no rush to get back to that because it's going to be a a, a route, I believe. Is Kentucky spanking them? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a a, a quick start. Jumped out to like a 9-0 lead, and halftime ended up being up by about 10. Uh, I think it's already started back up again. But uh, Missouri is terrible this year, and Quanza Martin has COVID, so they're even down oh, their, their coach. Shoot. Well, yeah, I guess it's a good time to record. But I appreciate the commitment from you to give up on watching a UK basketball game to to give the people what they want. Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, well, Wyatt, let's uh, start off. We we didn't get to have a show last week because of uh, the holidays, so uh, we need to actually kind of travel back in time. Uh, relive a couple different things. Let's start with uh, my pain before we get to uh, your pleasure and <laughs> league-breaking performance. But um, I was very crushed to go to bow out in the first round uh, to touchdown and Abby. Um, very lackluster uh, week, honestly. It was kind of a bummer. Um, just we were talking about it before we got on the air. Lots of guys were having COVID and. Uh, when I looked around the league and other leagues I was in, it was actually a very low-scoring fantasy week in general. Yeah, that was a just ugly week of football. That was the week where uh, everyone was complaining about not. I don't, I don't know if there was one good game that week. Uh, it's it's hard. I was reading so many of the fantasy analysts I follow leading up to the playoffs, talking about you know like if you've made the playoffs in fantasy, like you know celebrate that because. Fantasy right. could be so cruel, and that's exactly what happened with your team there. You guys were rounding in a form, it seemed, uh, had been one of the hottest teams in the league down the stretch of the regular season. You'd won, like, what, like eight straight, maybe ten straight? I think Nine in a row, yeah. Nine in a row, yeah, because you were right around 500. And uh, everybody just collapsed. Of course, really unlucky with, I think Mike Evans left that. Yeah, that is the game that all of the Bucks got hurt. So, yeah, Evans yes. left early and, and may have had another injury or two. But, yeah, just... Uh, really rough showing everybody, but Jonathan Taylor, it seemed, failed to show up. So very uh, disappointing performance for your boys. It was, and uh, you know, it, it, fantasy, like we were talking about earlier, it's just, it's cruel, it's random. Uh, you know, it's rare that, and we'll see, we'll talk about this coming up, I guess, with your team, but um, rarely does a team truly dominate from start to finish in fantasy just because of the randomness and the injuries, but especially this year with the, uh, uh, all the COVID outbreaks in the NFL, um, it really seems like it, you just kind of got to throw your hands up. Yeah. Uh, I'd say touchdown to Nabby was able to put together a pretty consistent season too, right? That was That's true. They were, uh, well, really, I'd say really the top three teams were kind of, I don't, I don't have the exact rec, uh, like, you know, path that each yeah, team took, but. 
but Robin yeah. and Spicer were both 21 and 7, so. Yeah, and I feel like the, after about five weeks, like the three of us had kind of separated ourselves uh, a little bit. And so, yeah, it was, um, it was a wild season. What can I say, folks? It was. Um, but yeah, as far as the playoff matchup goes, uh, even a, a very beatable uh, um, week from touchdown Navi, I couldn't take advantage of. Only scored 156. Um, I think he also maybe had some guys out. Tyreek Hill didn't do anything that week. Neither did George Kittle. I still couldn't pull it off. But um, yeah, that was a bummer. And then in the other first-round matchup, we had the reigning champs uh, win again and took out, let's see, or no, I'm sorry. I week, week 15 that. here, right? We're at, uh, that's Matrix oh, I was, took you out. Oh man, I'm so I'm so confused. I'm just so used to losing. Uh, I couldn't <laughs> even start off the podcast right. You see, I'm rusty. Christmas breaks got me all in a in a tizzy. No, no, well, yes. So my consolation uh, matchup didn't matter at all. Um, w- the week that I was trying to say that was terrible was actually week 15. Yeah. Uh, week 16, the NFL uh, was kind of a bummer, but week 15 in fantasy was truly nuts. So. Uh, the highest score in the league was Katie that week beating me with one one fifty. Um, that's the week I was trying to talk about. Yeah, I was. I'm very thankful to have earned the bye that week. I think Williams' team put up a pretty good performance if he had been playing, but my team was just like everybody else in the league, setting some real real low scoring weeks. I'd be interested. This honestly may have been the lowest scoring week in in league history, or pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's got to be um, like I, like I was saying incorrectly earlier. When I looked at that week, I remember specifically everybody being down. Uh, I think in my other leagues, similar scores as ours kind of moved on to the next round. And then of course we had the crazy um, God Kings touchdown Abby matchup. That was that was a, made it all uh, interesting because it came down yep. to the very last game, uh, less than a point for the God Kings to move on. Well, yeah, and that was, I can't remember who was playing, but it was Tuesday night, right? Because, uh, oh, it was Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yeah that's Gibson. right. And yeah, be, that, yeah, uh, week 15, 16 here have been plagued by COVID. And so, yeah, the Eagles uh, football team game got moved. And Antonio Gibson's one of those players that you just have, you never know what he's going to put up. It could be a complete no-show or it could pop off for 18 and a half like he did that night and uh he started off the game really hot but then you were you were commenting in slack you know he's not gonna rush for another 20 yards or whatever it was he only finished with 26 on the night on 15 carries less than two yards per carry he just needed some some receptions and yeah the, the football team was behind and he caught six balls and was able to get god kings over the edge by less than one point in a stunning upset yeah, gotta be crushing. And honestly, you know, a very if I was touched on Abby, uh, I don't know. You know, there's the age old kind of debate: Would you rather be blown out or lose by a point? Um, and, and that's a tough one. I, I hated being blown out, but that was because I scored so poorly. Um, it, you know, if Katie had scored 200 points, it, it would have you know maybe been a little different. But uh, when you have such a low scoring game like that, it's got to really sting to lose by less than one. Yeah, uh, I'd definitely rather be blown out because then yeah. you don't face the lineup questioning. questioning. Yeah, I know he was really <laughs> yeah. upset with Carson Wentz 
And uh, I guess no other quarterbacks beat Carson Wentz on the bench. So you're also frustrated in those performances. But yeah, you do look at not trying to rub anything into your up, but Devin Singletary with 16 and uh, some other performers that could have subbed in and got the job done. But you, I mean, he made the right decisions. Michael Carter only getting threes unlucky. Hunter Renfro only getting 6.2s unlucky. Jamar Chase only 1.3. So, uh, you know, yeah, those are some the starts. season low type numbers. Yeah, he's, he's starting the right players and they just. They didn't perform. So, yep. Yeah, I, I think that was the week where uh, maybe I can't remember if the I want to say the Colts and uh, Patriots maybe played on Thursday night because uh, yeah. yeah, it was because it gave me a really uh, exciting start. <laughs> you know, didn't yep. pan out, but uh, with Jonathan Taylor. And I remember after the game, Rob was like, oh, I should have started Mike Glennon. Yeah. And I was just like, no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. And then Mike Glennon scored 0.96. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jake Fromm with 3.28. Mike, Mike Glennon with 0.96. Uh, yeah. Really, the, all of the quarterbacks' performances that you do not want to see for touchdowns in Abbey. Rough stuff in the quarterback room. A lot of tape Absolutely. to grind this offseason. Yes, uh, a very crowded quarterback room. We'll see if they all make it uh, on the squad next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was an exciting first week, um, at least in, in that one game. Uh, the rest of it was a, a big stinker. Uh, and then now we can talk about the actual Week 16 playoffs, which was not the fifth place game I tried to talk about. Um, but we had the reigning champs go down uh, with a massive 60-point um, difference there to the Bruce Matthews. Yeah, if I remember right, this one wasn't uh, ever particularly close. Maybe through the you know noon slate or, or uh, Thursday night, but um, by the time early afternoon rolled or, rolled around, despite Williams' persistent belief that his team will find a way to blow enormously, yes, they <laughs> were able to hang around. Uh, he will always believe that a you know, 60-point Miles Gaskin performance is, yes. is possible until he sees it happen. But uh, the Monday night matchup with uh, Miles Gaskin and Devontae Parker going for the Matrix was a big letdown. Like I said, the result was all but settled by that point, but they combined for a total of 2.6 points. Uh, just really, mm. really rough night for, for those two, but it was a reflection of the larger, the, the game at whole. Did you watch that game at all? I didn't. Um, I was checking it on my phone a lot. I can't remember what was going on. Uh, I actually, I may have just chosen not to watch it because <laughs> I just, I, I did not want to watch Ian Book. I was keeping up with it on my phone, um, rooting on my boy Tua and, you know, wanting to see the Dolphins get into the playoffs. But uh, it, what's shocking to me is that Miles Gaskin is RB21 on the season. I'm guessing that's just from playing every game because. I think I could take a victory lap on how bad he's he's been. Uh, he's had a couple good games with receptions, but yeesh. Yeah, they. Uh, that's interesting to me too because I feel like their running back room has been so in flux throughout the year. Uh, Duke Johnson had the big week a couple weeks ago. That was mostly mostly because of injuries. But um, the who's the vet they've got? They've got Salvin Ahmed. They've got Miles Gaskin, Duke Johnson, and then there's one other vet. Oh, Malcolm Brown. It feels like oh, yeah. it feels he, like he started off with some yeah some points early in the year. Yeah, it feels like Gaskin hasn't really consistently run ahead of the other the other guys. Um, but maybe just a, a sign of how much attrition there's been across the position this year, where so few have yeah. been able to make it through a full season. That yeah, his his what what volume he does have is enough to carry him. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, 
I don't know this off the top of my head, but I'm guessing um, Derrick Henry probably, having not played in weeks, um, probably still has a pretty nice yeah, uh, he's, season. I, I looked it up earlier today. He's running back 13 on the year. <laughs> <laughs> wow, exactly. So um, it, he's basically a, a running back one without playing, what, like seven, seven weeks games. Now? Yeah, he's yeah. played half the season. Insane. Imagine what, what would have happened had he played a full year. Matrix yeah. very well might be still cooking. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, on the other side, we had a, a crazy, another record-breaking uh, week, as I think, right? 225, new record? Second best. Rob's week 14 oh. performance was even higher. <laughs> Incredible. It's hard to keep up now. with yeah. all. <laughs> it's been broken so many times. Uh, I know it's a short history, but I did not expect it to yeah. be. 227.66 was Rob's score, so oh, just over very two close. points. Yeah, I was hoping CD could put me over the finish line, but the Cowboys scored far too many points on Sunday night, I guess that was, and locked it up. But yeah, I was terrified uh, after Thursday night, or was it Saturday? Yeah. Saturday, sorry, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. With the uh, Browns-Packers game, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were both popping off in the first half. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And then I, I mean, the Packers play slow already, and they, they got out to a pretty sizable lead. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. And um, they, thankfully, for me, started running the clock very early in the third quarter. Uh, <clears throat> and even when they were throwing it, I just got really lucky that the, the secondary and tertiary options were stepping up and Devontae wasn't dominating. Because he had about 30, I think, around half, and then only added oh, yeah. a few more. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he had eight or nine catches in both touchdowns maybe before halftime. So the fact yeah. that he only ended with 33 is honestly uh, quite lucky. Yeah, uh, and then you you had the magic game with uh, Burrow, T. Higgins. That stack against the Ravens defense uh, was obviously the driving force here of the score. But uh, gotta love that game from T. Higgins. Yeah, uh, I paid a lot for him over the summer, hoping that he could turn in performances like this. And um, he's had a pretty good year, but just insane, insanely lucky that he was able to turn in that <laughs> performance. Um, and yeah, just stupid that they put up 80 combined points uh i was hot going to bed saturday night about aaron Rodgers and Devontae. <laughs> i always hate playing brady because you know that aaron Rodgers and Devontae yeah. adams are gonna put up you know 50 points at least and uh I, I didn't think i had much of a shot but just got insanely lucky with ridiculous performances across the board so those two definitely carried carried the way and very appreciative for them um pretty uh fascinating this is i was gonna say behind the scenes but i'm always on the podcast i don't know why i'm just now divulging <laughs> this with you here it feels like Pull we're that not doing away. Pull the regular show. Away. let's hear it hunter um and if i said this then it it kind of takes away the the thing a bit but uh in the off season i think in august no it was uh it was in the midst of like when it seemed most likely that aaron Rodgers might not actually play so maybe early august um there was a trade offer uh, that I got from Brady and it was Adams and Rogers for Dalvin cook. And I want to say maybe me giving up one other player, Daniel Jones or or somebody like that. Yeah. Like a quarterback that wasn't of the, you know, like a mid mid tier quarterback. And it was one of those offers where like I saw it and I was like, Oh, I need to press accept on this. And then, but because it was so big, I took a second and then I, like an hour went by and it was gone. 
and oh. I've been regretting it all season. Uh, it just hurts me in my stomach to think about um, wow. the, the difference yeah, that would have made for I my had, team. I, I don't think you've shared that. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the first time our listeners are hearing this. That is insane. It's going to be another, uh, for most of us, the offseason's already starting, and it's going to be another wild offseason with the Aaron Rodgers saga. You know, we've, everybody, oh, absolutely. Like, everybody's just focused on the season and... Packers are best team in the NFC right now and all that, so it's easy to focus on the football. But I saw even some comments this week about you know, Rodgers hasn't ruled out retirement or whatever. We're yeah. going <laughs> to have every three to four days, there's going to be a new Aaron Rodgers rumor. And I'm glad that if I were Brady, I would be, I'd be sweating in the night. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that panic of where's he's going to go. You know, maybe he ends up in some dream destination and yeah, Denver would for, be nice. Yeah, but. exactly. Throws for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, or maybe he retires. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it would definitely be uh, scary. I think at least with Rodgers, you know, it's gotten him now to two semifinals. You're thankful for his service and just going to get what you can from him. Yeah. Um, I think the funny thing will be to to see how the Russell Wilson storylines mirror that this offseason because it seems yeah. like those are going to be ramping up just the same uh, for the Gotham Knights captain. And uh, I, I'm kind of torn. I, I feel like he should be a Seahawk forever, but I also understand the frustration with Pete Carroll and their organization. So would love to see him go to, you know, somewhere that treats him a little better. Yeah, I think you've got to be, for dynasty purposes, got to be rooting for him to change scenes. And yeah. um, hopefully the offseason allows him time to fully recover. I don't think he's playing fully healthy yet. It's a, been a rough end of the year for, I mean, the Seahawks have just been abysmal all year. So just a rough year for them. And it has been. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back and then do the preview uh, of the championship here in just a little bit. But first I want to kind of diverge for a second. Um, it's also been a, been a while since we've been able to kind of look at the NFL in general. Uh, haven't gotten to fully appreciate the the Colts' great run here on the <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, beating the Cardinals and Patriots back to back, both pretty convincing wins, um, at both prime time Saturday night. So, uh, what are your thoughts on where the Colts are looking or how they're looking moving to the playoffs? Yeah, I um, you know I was trying to buy the dip on the Cardinals, and I was. I was thinking that that would be the week that Colts would come back down to earth. Cardinals would pick it up a little bit, especially with the Colts missing everybody. Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, yeah. a few others even. Really banged up. Yeah, and it was in Arizona. It seemed like everything was was breaking the Cardinals' way throughout the week. And then, yeah, I mean, the Colts were the far better team. It was a close game, but the Colts looked mm-hmm. like the superior team. And um, they're... They're not letting the Titans get get away with the division easily. They've been they they look like a team you don't want to play. I'd say, you know, when you when you get to the playoffs, you don't want to play the Bills and you don't want to play the Colts if you're the higher seeded team. Uh, right. The, both those teams could just as well be, you know, one of the top three seeds in terms of talent and the way they're playing right now. Yeah, especially with the the Colts already uh, handing it to the Bills. I guess both the Colts and Titans have so uh, that'll be interesting to see I think the Colts I mean the the Titans uh thrilling Thursday night victory against the Niners uh probably locked it up um I could see the Titans losing to the Dolphins this week but I don't see them losing to the Texans with the division on the line 
Yeah, I saw some stat recently that the Dolphins' seven wins have been against like Mike Lynn and Ian Book. Yeah, just like Horrible a real murder Israel of the worst quarterbacks that have been thrust into starting positions because of COVID. They're getting like the fourth stringers over and over, and um, yeah, they. I mean, they haven't looked good, but the Titans haven't looked good either. <laughs> and the Titans yeah. lost Bud Dupree and Danico Autry to the COVID list this week, and Julio Jones as well. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? It seems like sometimes these teams come out and haven't really been affected by the COVID uh, absences, but hard to imagine the defensive line taking a hit like that and still being able to um, to play well enough this week to beat the Dolphins, but maybe the Titans' pessimism of, of uh, William Spicer's <laughs> rubbing off on me. I don't know. I just They yeah. just aren't playing well right now. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, it, it will be, I think, like you said, you know, Tannehill is the best quarterback they've played since, I don't know, probably since this winning streak started. I think they two of those wins are against the Jets. They beat the Texans right. in there. Yep, that's uh, right. So, you know, I, I think this is their first great team. And it's it's in Nashville, so um, that should help as well. But, um, but Ryan, yeah, excited Ryan to see. Tannehill revenge game. Sorry, I got to chime in. Oh, Tannehill, you're uh, right. First time playing the Dolphins, too. So maybe he'll have a little extra pep in his step. But in fairness yeah. to him, it hasn't been any issue with <laughs> with his play really over the uh, the Titans' offensive struggles. That everybody but AJ Brown has just been playing bad in his pass pass catcher uh, of his pass catchers. Yeah, it's um, you know it's like they've been kind of held together with glue and tape and <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. else, kind of limping along. And it, it's unfortunate, you know, in my uh, dislike for the Titans that part of me is kind of rooting for them in a weird way. Like it's it kind of admiring or uh, inspiring that they're still going. And I admire that they're like probably still, still going to win the division having missed Derrick Henry all this time only for him to come back right in time. It, it does feel a little too perfect. Yeah. And somehow not only likely to win the division, but still keeping pace with the, uh, the chiefs for the, for yeah. the um, one seed. If somehow the chiefs slip down the stretch and the Titans are able to win out one seed still on the table. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs do play at Bengals and at Broncos to end, so both of those are losable games. Yeah, especially, I mean, Broncos haven't been the best, but those those AFC West division games are always tough. They are cold football, hit you, you know, nobody wants to play in Denver uh, mm-hmm. the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, do you have any other uh, big NFL uh, storylines you feel like we should cover before we get back to business no i wasn't able to watch many games this week as i'm sure uh, i know you know several of you weren't because of traveling and being with family and some nfl hating relatives and yeah uh, (laughs) some some rough circumstances but uh we're at the point of the year where there are only like three or four teams that are playing pleasant football and otherwise it's like you know jaguars jets bears seahawks you know like who wants <laughs> yeah. to watch these games and the teams who are playing good football you know like you look at the chiefs and it's fun to watch them but only half the game's fun because then you have to watch the steelers the other half and ben oh gosh that was yeah brutal. exactly or, or like you get the bucks but then you have the panthers on the other side you know it's just there there weren't any uh, well there weren't many i guess matchups where two good teams were playing we're at that part of the year yeah, that's true. Um, I am looking forward to uh, Monday night. Um, I, I don't 
I doubt I'll stay up and watch the whole thing, but Cleveland and Pittsburgh, Big Ben's farewell in, in Pittsburgh oh, should be interesting. I didn't realize that was his last uh, last home game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Steelers are somehow, like, they have like a 900, they win 90% of their games on Monday Night Football, like since Mike Tomlin began. It may even date back to Calgary. Wow. It's like something insane. They just don't lose on Monday Night Football over the last 20 years. So, uh, yeah, in a huge game, for the the AFC North playoff implications as well, so yeah, I, they're I, still alive. Yeah, you bet. You better believe I'll be watching. But I am. Um, I don't know. Big Ben is rough stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's cooked for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's move on here uh, before we get to the championship. Uh, you know, we just kind of want to give you the floor here. Your first time on the podcast ever, uh, which yeah. we we still have about. I guess half the league hasn't been on the show, probably. Uh, maybe a little less than half now. We've, we've gotten a couple more on this season. But uh, why don't you, you know, anything you've been holding up, any uh, hot takes that, you know, left a, a rough taste in your mouth over the years <laughs> or uh, just general thoughts? Now's your time to get them out. Um, I, uh, I'm sure there's some pent-up takes in here, but I'm trying to, to keep it nice. I just want to say uh, that <laughs> this, this league is really a whole lot of fun, and I have to, while I have the floor, thank Jake Park for his contributions in preserving the mm, history yes. of the league and uh, always making graphics and uh, you know communicating with, with us in direct messages to figure out what, we're gonna, what our team wants to wear and all of that. Uh, this league would be really fun, just if it were, uh, you know, the 10 of us on sleeper playing fantasy football. But the fact that we have this world that's built by his work and by you and William's work where you, you know, are the the, uh, the Sunday NFL countdown crew for us and you get to analyze the games. And, and uh, I, I love that you guys, you know, throw out your player takes. You aren't afraid to, to, uh, <laughs> to say something that might irk me. You know, I, I like that you guys are, are uh, willing to stand by your claims. And um, so thank you to... You too, and Jake for all that you do. Um, I also am just really happy with like the parody of our league. We're we're approaching the end of our second season, mm-hmm. and I from reading up about other dynasty leagues, and you've obviously had more experience than anyone else, so um, may know what some other leagues are like. But it seems like dynasty leagues start falling apart once you it's easy for dynasty leagues to fall apart after a few years. And obviously we have the added benefit of the friendship of all of us, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like teams are in a really good spot right now. I was trying to, I don't know why I just think about this league way too much. So I was making some bold predictions in my head and there's three teams who have never made the playoffs, right? So we've got the flaming hot cheetahs, the popular ballers and the pit Kings. And I was thinking all three of them have a very good shot in my mind. There may be yeah. some critics or some who disagree, but all three of them have a very good shot of making the playoffs next year. Um, I and, agree, and so I, I'm really happy that you know it's not like there's any. Um, we're not seeing like a, a clear differentiation between teams at this point in our league. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think uh, it, it's funny. I I also think about the league too much, and uh, earlier today, actually, I was looking at that website, uh, Dynasty Ranker. Um, just for fun, I, I had uh, made some tinkering in another league and was looking at that one and just popped over to ours. And I was shocked to see that uh, Aaron is actually ranked first on that now. Wow. Um, it, I know that the draft capital is part of it, but the rest of his roster is, is uh, you know, his RB ranking is fourth, his wide receiver ranking is fifth, and his tight end ranking is first. Wow. Um, 
so again, those are according to keep uh, cut trade values, but yeah. um, it really likes his uh, kind of top guys at every position, Cooper Cup, Scary Terry, uh, Javante, JK, uh, Dak, of course. And Deshaun is is valued way lower than normal even because he's not playing. So um, yeah. I think not only is your you know comment correct there, but I think uh, so Noah is third there behind you. Wow. Uh, so I think you could almost even say, you know, it would almost be expected for those two guys to make the playoffs next year. So we'll see what yeah. happens with Colton, but uh, it could be a very, very competitive um, type playoff race next year. Right. And that's what made this year a lot of fun. Uh, I know Aaron got pretty unlucky in the early going and after several, uh, you know, few, few weeks shut it down, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like anyone entered the year tanking and Aaron even took a while before he decided to tank. He took some unlucky losses. And um, so I love when we get 10 competitive teams entering the year. And, and like you say, I mean, if those teams make the playoffs, that means two teams have to drop out. And who, you know, you look at the rosters, you look at the team performances this year, and it's hard to believe that, you know, that, that many of these top six teams are going to take a step back or a significant step back. So it should be a lot of fun next year as well. And I'm excited for, uh, for the off season and dreaming up all the draft scenarios, even without many picks and, you know, all the paranoia about, who's going to break out and I got to have them on my team and all those things oh, yeah. that, uh, that come with the off season. Oh, I love it. Uh, can't wait to figure out who the next Brandon Ayuk is that I'll go yeah, uh, exactly. for only for them to get Shane a hand away. So yeah, every off season. Well, I've only had one full off season, but last off season <laughs> I talked myself into needing like Brandon Ayuk was on my list of players. I needed, I just like, I, I, I was convinced that there were so many players who were going to be like the, the a, a wide receiver one or an RB one, I had to get them. Yep. And then the season plays out, and it's like you know, only a few of them actually do. <laughs> only so many players can yeah. perform that well. But yeah, it's fun to <laughs> dream up those scenarios in the off season. It is absolutely. Um, the last comment I'll make here, I, we can keep going. Uh, I looked, and just to kind of drive the point home again, um, Aaron was sixth this year in max points four. Um, and that was after having shipped off, you know, a couple people in trades and uh, yeah. some other things. So uh, only about uh, 60 points away from being fourth in max Ooh. points four. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, I think the last episode we had maybe or, or two ago, uh, William and I both realized that at the same time we were looking at his team and being like, hold up a second. Next year is going to be really good. Um, yeah. So it's exciting. All right. Well, let's let's go back to the bracket now. Before uh, we get to the Pro Bowl, which I'm very excited about, um, let's talk about this championship game. So, um, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm nervous. It doesn't help that uh, you know I see William favored. The sleeper app gives him a sixty percent chance to win, and I I like I think that the sleeper projections are pretty crap. But yeah, know, they're to, horrible. Yeah, but to see yourself to see yourself as the underdog. Is a bit scary, uh, especially because I can't, you know, use it as like a real life motivational tactic for these guys to make them play. But <laughs> I just right. have to deal with the fact that the computers think that that he's likely to win. But um, no, I've, I'm real scared of his uh, his team this week. I think he's got some good matchups, and Taysom Hill I saw is supposed to be back, um, which should give him. Well, I mean, it's his decision, but Zach Wilson against <laughs> Tampa Bay, even Tampa Bay's pass defense, which has struggled this year, still feel like. You know, it's a tough matchup. And so Taysom has that rushing floor. But it'll be interesting because 
you know, just take take some takeaway from from Kamara. But regardless, it's yeah. gonna be better than Ian Book and uh, or Zach and Wilson. What, <laughs> yeah, and what Ian Book did for Alvin Kamara uh, last week, Kamara only had like seven points or something. So. Uh, yeah, that's scary. And then Sunday night is really what I'm terrified of because uh, I guess Thielen's out now, but he'll have both Aaron Jones and Justin Jefferson mm. going Sunday night, and I'll be done no by that point. Safe. Yeah, I'll be I'll be done by that point. But if I'm you know up forty, even I would still be pretty convinced that that's a an unsafe lead. And um, nobody's going Monday in that Cleveland Pittsburgh game between our two teams, so at least we'll know Sunday mm. night. That is nice. Yeah. But yeah, those those two big dogs chomping at the bit to to put my championship hopes to bed Sunday night's gonna it won't make me yeah. uh, it won't give me a moment of comfort during the the day on Sunday. No, that's that's tough, and I I love uh, hearing a like minded uh, person. I they it's funny some of the um, the habits and the, the like little weird things that we do yeah. that probably most of us do that we don't uh, necessarily. Uh, put a voice to but every single week when when the uh clock rolls over the first thing i do is i check my matchup and i start looking at who like on the other team what's the latest game they have because i love when like (laughs) my opponent has all games that are at noon or 325 uh there's been a couple this year where no sunday night no monday night it's like euphoria because you just know like oh the the worry goes away oh yeah i will say so there's something about the Monday night game that terrifies me a bit more than Sunday night. I don't know why it is, but like Monday night is just a whole different level of terror. Uh, I guess yeah. maybe it's because you have all day Monday to just think about that, whereas Sunday you've <laughs> yes. got football, you know, up until like an hour before the Sunday That's night true. game. So you're a bit distracted. That's definitely it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it, William just has so many players who can who can pop off. Um, we haven't even mentioned Mark Andrews or Mark Andrews, yeah, yeah, Amari Cooper. So uh, it's gonna, it's 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 scary. Mark Andrews has proven he's QB proof, and so even if Lamar, who has a chance to return, I think this week, even if he's not there, doesn't seem to matter. It can be uh, Josh Johnson, it can be Tyler Huntley. He'll he's gonna get his his looks, and um, he's speaking of you know we mentioned earlier Ryan Tannehill's uh, opportunity to get back at the Dolphins. Yeah. Mark Andrews traded away in the offseason, got a chance to exact That's revenge true. in the title game here versus the winner faces. It would be um, quite the story. Uh, I think it still uh, worked out well for you getting uh, the RB2 in that trade. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the last three games that Andrews has played has been 30, 40, 34. So pretty scary. Yeah, speaking of takes that you guys have had on here, I remember when you guys were discussing discussing the uh, the conditions of that trade, and it was, it was Eckler to be a top ten RB. Yeah, sorry, uh, Eckler to be a top ten RB and Andrews to be a top three tight end, and you guys were like, oh, I don't know if either of those things will happen. And in the off season, I agreed. I didn't think there was any yeah, chance Andrews would play same. like this, or I wouldn't have traded him. What? And Eckler, you know, he can you know put up big numbers, but RB two is is insane, and so. Um, Never yeah, would have guessed it. Yeah, it, it ended up, I think, working out pretty well for both teams. Uh, you know, that's what you want when you have a trade with somebody is you want both players to excel. And um, obviously, the Pit Kings flipped Andrews for Hollywood and, and some draft capital, but um, exciting that both teams got rewarded. I always hate making a trade like I did with Ryan, where then Ronald Jones completely flops this year. Because <laughs> yeah. then it's like, I don't want... 
it to seem like you know some malicious intent you like, knew that somehow. yeah like i knew it it was like yeah i honestly thought this was a fair trade and i think at the time you guys on the podcast may have even kind of favored uh ryan's side a little bit or said it was pretty even as well um and then it's just leonard fournette uh took over the backfield and so yeah i always cringe a little bit because i don't want ryan to think i'm being deceitful but what can you do yeah i mean i felt this i had the same thing with a couple of trades and like i i remember trying to convince somebody i was like no i actually believe this like i yeah. i actually thought Le'Veon bell had something in the tank or i actually yeah. thought Dwayne haskins might have been able to be a quarterback right. uh, those are my two worst ones but <laughs> well, but yeah i mean that's what's that's what's so fun about fantasy football i i did i wasn't nearly i loved fantasy football and kept up with it and read articles and all that stuff before dynasty but dynasty has made me go overboard with it and i Mm -hmm. thought that the more i learned and read the more like right i would be and the more i would Mm -mm. like be able to to lock in player values and stuff like oh yeah this guy's definitely better than that guy but then and you do that in the off season. You're you're like certain of where you stand on your takes. Oh yeah. And then you realize so quickly that player values fluctuate so wildly. Like I've been, I wanted Rashad Bateman since the draft, and I've you know his I've kept track of like trades I could make for him, all this stuff. And it's like especially with rookies, one week he doesn't get targeted, and his value drops <laughs> like a thousand points on keep trade cut, and then he has like a mm-hmm. five reception game with a touchdown, and he's you know worth two thousand more. It's wild how uh, you forget because things are static in the offseason, just how dynamic player values are in the regular season and just how much things change so quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's those types of takes are, are they're not as outlandish as they seem. It's just player values fluctuate and, uh, and people's opinions of those players fluctuate. So Yeah, and then even after you feel like you're an expert and know it, have everything pegged, fantasy is random and people get hurt and then you just, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't know it if I ever, Yeah, I don't know if I ever finished that thought, but yes, that's exactly it. Like the more I've l- learned and read, the more I realize that I am no more sure of my takes now than I was before. I'd, it's like you yeah, said. Yeah, I think the the thing that I have found is that where I settled because uh, I'm on I was on the same like uh, arc as you just started it a couple years earlier is that I just became more sure of the guys I want on my team and it just yeah. it adds an extra layer of fun for me having them if it works out then that's even better if it doesn't I still really like the players like I yep. still really like Brandon Ayuk and have hope for him and, and you know that's been a roller coaster in and of itself but uh, at least I'm sure of kind of liking guys so uh, it's still yeah. worth it to me to put in all that time I'd agree. Uh, that's that's where I'm at too. Where if I, you know, like that's what's fun about Dynasty too is like in a regular season when you want somebody you can't you can't like overpay for them or you completely cripple your team. But with Dynasty, right. if you want Brandon Ayuk and you're like, all right, I'm going to get him even if it means overpaying. Like, yeah, go for it. You know, you can you can uh, with our deep benches with our rookies all uh you know our draft capital that you can trade that stuff to you can overpay for your guys and and that makes it a lot of fun i agree that's been my like uh, <laughs> i think it was mid-season brady was almost out of the playoff picture and he put cole, Be- cole beasley on the, on the <laughs> trading block and he, I, my team was was hurt i was struggling at wide receiver at that time in particular and he would have been great because he gets points, he's a solid floor guy, but it's like, I just can't have Cole Beasley on my team, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's fun to build the team the way you want and, and uh, have guys you can really cheer for. Not that there's anything uh, wrong with, with uh, cheering for Cole Beasley if, if that's your 
<laughs> I don't mean to, to pick out your players in particular. You got a lot of great players. Uh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love it. Uh, it's been great, and uh, we will be sad to see the season end. But we will end on a bang because uh, this year starts the first ever uh, Corporate Global Pro Bowl. Uh, that's going to be tough to say if you try to say it quickly. Um, those four <laughs> words together. But uh, I, if you're hearing this by now, you definitely already saw the message. Um, but I have a couple uh, surprises in store to add to it that I wanted to go over with you on the podcast, get your thoughts on them. Um, but uh, before I do, just in general, um, seeing the teams divided up and kind of seeing the generic uh, format for this year, what are your thoughts? I love it. I, uh, I feel bad that you like said, hey, we all need to do this. <laughs> and then no one ever talked about it. And then uh, you just have yeah, to I don't know. force our hand and, and do it all for us. And then and we That's do. okay. But uh, I'm very appreciative of the work that you put into to find a set of rules out well or create a set of rules i don't know if you uh, got this idea from somewhere or created it but i love the it makes sense it's cool and uh it's a fun way to keep everyone involved in this last week where there are only two matchups yeah no i was uh it, it kind of slipped my mind and uh i realized as i was driving back from the basketball game tuesday that it was Tuesday, and I was like, oh, man, we got to record the podcast. Oh, man, it's the last week. What about this Pro Bowl? And so uh, our game was in Dyersburg, and I had about Ooh. 45 minutes in the car, and I just kind of whipped it up in my mind on the way back, <laughs> um, and, and I'm excited. So uh, here's the the part I've been uh, holding close to the chest that I wanted to throw in, um, and it's not even that big of a deal. I just think it's it'll be something interesting. So when I was going over uh, the way to do it, I was going to just have us do what we did now and just – you know, maybe have like a Google sheet or something with all the players' names and like whoever had a chance could copy and paste scores to keep up with it. And then I was like, it would be really nice if we could actually have a way to track this in Sleeper so that we could see who was winning, you know, instantly. Um, so that was when I had the idea to try to make it make it a league, but there's no two-team leagues <laughs> in Sleeper. So what I did was I made a four-team league and uh, two of the teams are just going to be uh, owned by me and Jake and if it makes me put in players, I'm just going to put in like kickers or whatever. But yeah. um, here's the idea. So I'm making it a dynasty league. And w- the way it's going to work is starting this year, we, we'll have our rosters. Once everybody finalizes them, I'll load them into the, the teams. And uh, I'm going to renew the league in next year. And it's going to be a best ball league all season. The pro bowlers from the previous year, the two sides, will be oh. battling each other every week uh, just for kicks and giggles. Uh, and we'll get to see like which pro bowl roster like is the best through uh, 16 weeks. And then we'll get a new roster for the, that last week, which will be the, the championship. Um, so it'll, it. the reason I wanted to do it this way is because uh, with it being its own separate league, it'll preserve all the history. Um, yeah we'll be able to see uh history of the who you know who was where uh scores all that type of stuff um and i think that the the weekly matchups between the two will just add like a you know an extra four or five minutes to kill (laughs) for us every week to look at and say oh look our all-stars are better than yours (laughs) um so uh, i i think that'd be fun yeah, I love it. I, I thought it was a really cool idea when you first mentioned it. I think it was on the pod you first mentioned it, and I'm happy that you followed through on it, and so thank you for the work that you did there. A couple quick questions that I have. So the season, obviously, will be best ball. Is the Pro Bowl matchup this week, is that a best ball matchup, or are we start setting a starting lineup? 
Yeah. So I, when I initially came up with the idea, I was thinking that it would not be best ball that we would start it, but then kind of based on the settings, it seemed like it had to be best ball. So um, the starter designation will only be for the player note uh, in our main league. Um, Cause once we get our, our uh, pro bowl rosters, I'm going to go through and add to each of those players, like pro bowl starter 2021 or pro bowl alternate 2021 or whatever. Um, so it'll be a best ball game, which makes it a little, even more exciting because best ball is fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good idea for the Pro Bowl too because that takes out, you know, it's it's already kind of when you've got five people trying to like figure out who to put on the team and all of that, something as minuscule as picking a starting lineup can be a bit uh, tedious. I mean, it's good. Obviously, you said for, no, like, I the, agree. for the award we'll do it, but like, you know, is it do we put out just the best players or do we think out put out who has the best matchup for that week and whatnot? So I like that it's best exactly. ball. I think that's a good thing we can like you said, have the Pro Bowl starter like uh, for their for their um their player note, but that way we can just really probably focus on the best players over the season for that award, the starter designation. But then best ball can handle, you know, the Whoever has the big week that week, even if they're in a starter, they can show out in the Pro Bowl nonetheless. And actually, I was thinking exactly. about some more. Sorry, I'm doing this live, folks. Uh, the, Pro Bowl, <laughs> the Pro Bowl is like that, right? The, yeah, just because a person's a say. starter, yeah, it doesn't mean that they play starters minutes. They, you know, It's like any all-star game. Everybody plays. And so that's perfect. Gives everybody yeah. a chance. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. And like I said, having it as an additional league that uh, we can look at every single week just to keep up with like it'll be fun to see if like what if one of them's dominant or if it's you know equal it's it's an it's literally getting to see an all-star game of our own players that we'll get to root for every week so um i think it'll be fun um and my idea of it was that um we we never really talked about like or i don't think we did like what would the winning side get um i think we should come up with something fun it doesn't have to be a real you know like a competitive reward, but I think it should be something. And then uh, the season long one, I think would just be for fun to observe. The only thing I think that counts is the, the week 17 matchup. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what, um, what we can do there. We'll have to figure something out. We need yeah. to, uh, well, I don't know what we need, but anyway, sorry, I got one other question about this. Yeah. Uh, just some logistical issues here. Uh, we had, spent way too much time debating how we were going to divide up the conferences, whether we were going to do it actually based on the, the geography of, of the players or whether we were going to do it based on, um, you know, some names that we came up with. But um, are these, do you think you're going to make these conferences permanent? Are you going to? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, uh, I meant to say that. Um, and I think because once there's, you know, once initially they're set, I don't think it really matters anymore. I think it, it'll become more fun over time, like just getting that association with everyone. Yeah. Um, it was just the initial dividing up that I was unsure of. And um, it was it was fun to dig through the all-time standings um, now that this, the regular season was over because I was kind of surprised by some of the um, results. The fact that I was in third, um, I thought was about right since I had such a good first season, but then not so this year but uh me you and spicer are all uh right close together before um there's just a little bit of a break to rob and katie but i thought that was kind of a somewhat even divide i i probably could have done it a little more mathematical if if we were trying no, to s- think- say that those 
we're the best or whatever, but I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's good. I I don't think the the standings, you know, I think that the all-star team of the bottom five teams versus the all-star team of the top five teams would probably be competitive. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I that's don't true. That it, I don't think that matters that much, or at least when everybody's healthy, they would be. Um, the uh, And then the, I just got to say that the, of course, you know this, but everybody knows it, but I, I got to say it because I don't, I feel, anyway, anyway uh, the standings are a bit, the all-time standings are very skewed since we changed, we have double as many games this year, you know, yeah. so, so that definitely. <laughs> yeah, skewed to this year's. Um, yeah, exactly. You play well this year, you look good. Uh, so like the Marley Magic, I was looking at it too, and I know the Marley Magic are pretty low, but that's, they were a playoff team last year. They were semi-finalists last year, but <laughs> right. this, this year they're 5-23, and 23, so that really hurts the all-time record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's a great point. Um, well, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, I I can j- just say now, based we we've got ours coming together quite nicely. Yeah, the other team is, better be working, man. We're yeah, because they look good really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. We just gotta do a, a few finishing touches on it, but yeah, uh, we've hopefully Ryan's all right with the decisions we made for him. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. some great uh, contributions from the team. So it Absolutely. should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to see what if if Jake does anything. I'm really excited to. Uh, yeah, me to too. I, I figure there. he will because he. I, I don't think he cannot. Yeah. Uh, do something, but. Um, but yeah, no pressure, Jake. I'm just yeah. We'll see. I, I, absolutely no pressure. If you don't have time to do it, and you are 50 minutes into this podcast and you're a okay <laughs> uh, with yeah, uh, don't feel any pressure. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Um, all right, let's uh, wrap up in our normal way. Uh, we'll go to Coach's Corner. Um, why? What are your thoughts on uh, the JCM Cougar season so far? I've been loving following the journey, and um, uh, you know, middle school boys are, are, are they're middle school, right? Like sixth grade, so yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, mm-hmm. um, a lot of fun. It's you know, you get these. I'm not sure if you ever read Shea Serrano's stories on Grantland from when he was still teaching high or middle school and and no he would he would write articles every week during the season whether it was football season or bat he coached everything and so he'd he'd tell stories very similar to yours and since he's uh, stopped teaching he's stopped writing though so i'm grateful to have this experience uh to follow along with your season and um you know get those memories of being a 13 year old boy on some some uh, basketball team or whatever league <laughs> you're playing in you know it's it's so yeah. uh <laughs> it's just perfect the, uh, the bathroom story in particular was uh, like oh, perfect yeah. only only this only happens to middle schoolers like just such a bizarre s- situation and right um, <laughs> it's like a, a little bit scary and a little bit embarrassing, but in the end, it's the funniest thing in the world. Like the classic middle school experience. Yeah, as I say, it's the perfect middle school thing to happen. Uh, everything is awkward and a little scary and uh-huh. funny. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I have a couple, couple of fun things to talk about uh, on this show. And I'm, I'm sad because I don't know, you know, Spicer and I didn't really do the show much past the championship last year i think we did one and then took a break um i'll, I'll have to find an outlet for for my stories our season will end um in late january early february anyways but um but yeah so let's see uh last couple things uh or, or things from the last couple weeks so uh one thing that was funny that happened was uh we had our christmas tournament um this week and 
Uh, by the time this comes out, we'll have finished it. But we had our first game Tuesday, and we played up in Dyersburg, and we we got matched up against Haywood. Um, and I I don't really know anything about the other schools except for our own. But my coach has been around for so long that he knows all the other teams, and he said that we were the two best teams. Um, and so it kind of sucked that they matched us up that way. But I felt like there was some uh, purposeful something going on there because he came from Haywood to our school. Um, so he like it, we were co- we were playing against his team basically from from the last several years, uh, and it was very interesting because I mean I could tell even by the way they warmed up with a new coach, just some of the stuff they were doing. I, was just clearly had his uh, thumbprints all over it, huh. but um, we had eight kids out that were sick. Um, not not COVID related, thankfully, but mainly the flu has been hitting us hard. So we only had six guys, and it wasn't our six like best players. Yes. Um, so it was it was a hard game. Uh, we had a lead in the third quarter uh, and ended up losing, but um, it was a very very poorly officiate, officiated game, and uh, it was starting to get to me. And I mean. You know, you and I have a, a very similar uh, like streak in us that right. like, m- most people wouldn't see it in our day-to-day personalities, but I've seen it in yours, so I know it's yeah. there too. Yeah. But just that can come out, especially in sports. And <laughs> I was I was boiling the whole time, and then we had a, a fast break, and our point guard went up for a layup. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, he got smacked so hard that in this very tight tiny gym like i heard it all the way over on the bench and the the ref under the basket didn't call anything and so this kind of happened simultaneously with uh the back ref calling a very very awkwardly late foul but like as i heard the smack i i, I stood up and i just yelled at the top of my lungs are you serious i can hear the smack from here and like i was clearly <laughs> upset and it just echoed you know like throughout the, the gym like every <laughs> single person knew and it was the first time my coach ever turned around and he like put his hand oh he's like coach we're good we're good he's like he's like sit down and it was funny because i've I've had to do that to him a couple times but um you know you shouldn't have to tell your assistant coach to calm down but (laughs) um i I was pretty heated and uh the the guys got a lot got a good kick out of that but um but yeah there was another story i have well that's a it's funny that there's another like i have some distinct memories of of like some middle school gyms being dead silent and then some parent or coach yelling something like, yeah. that. like it's <laughs> yes. not it's not like a pro sporting event where there's like a constant murmur or something there's always this these moments of just like pure silence and gymnasiums yeah it, it comes sports. out of nowhere yeah exactly yeah there'll be like some chatter some people moving around and then the play will stop and everyone will probably because like a whistle blows they'll turn and look and see what happened or whatever and if you yell something out in that moment <laughs> then yeah it's just uh it's rough stuff so yeah that's another classic middle school sports type of thing yeah, right there. yeah it was hilarious and um you know we're we're at this weird gym and it was at dyersburg high school and they have two gyms um and since the high school is also playing a christmas tournament we were in the smaller one uh just it, it was just so it wasn't um like there was a lot of people there, but it was so tiny and everyone just got so quiet. Uh, it just echoed in that is, perfect sound. Is there a, is, are there two gyms separate or do they have like a curtain that they pull between the two or what, what what's the No, it's, there? um, there's like a, a, a hallway that, um, connects oh. them. That's, um, 
you, you wouldn't necessarily you, if the door was closed you wouldn't know that there was another gym there so there's okay. some definitely some space between the two um, I was actually impressed I'd never been to Dyersburg High School at least on the inside before and seen that their gym is incredibly nice so I guess they have a good program but I think um, Joseph Smith told me that they were a real good basketball oh yeah school. I mean he played there of course it, but he I played think, there yeah I think he said too that they like were, were a real legit legit high school basketball team yeah uh, if the facilities, um, you know, were any indicator, then they were for sure. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. I, I know I had another story. I can't think of it now, but, um, one thing that's been fun was, uh, Andrew, uh, Clark came to one of our games, um, in the Omen and it was funny talking with him afterwards. He was like, uh, he's like, every time you talk about it or like tell stories in Slack, like I picture like myself playing middle school basketball and it's like, it was <laughs> yeah. a lot more intense than I thought. And I'm like, yeah, man, like our, it, it's the real deal. Um, even somebody in my family, uh, one of my uncles made a comment about it when he, we were home. And I was like, no, it's like legit basketball. Like, obviously, I'm not, you know, I'm just assistant coach. And I have no pride related to this. But like, Jackson Middle School basketball is, no, is no, nothing to play with. Yeah, I so, certainly learned that along this ride, too. It's a, it seems like it's a, a real big deal in Jackson. I, I think part of it too is like, I know that you're at a new school and for some reason I just expect like, oh, you know, they're gonna, you know, have a rough start or, you know, like that's what I was thinking when you first started coaching. But it's like, this is, I mean, near, near AAU levels of competitiveness and, uh, and travel and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And um, most of our, our guys play AAU and um, my coach, he coaches AAU uh, in the off season as well. And he said that, um, it, and, I mean, this is something that you would know for sure. You know, just the AAU is very much like kind of, at least around here maybe, kind of lazy and like uh, there's not a lot of structure to the, the game itself. It's like run up and down the floor kind of basketball. Um, so the intensity, I think of, of a school thing has been more than some of these, even some of the players have realized, but these parents, man, I'm telling you, I've started <laughs> to learn more and more as it's gone on. And like some of these dads are intense and uh, I've had, Oh, I remember the story. So after the game on Tuesday, I'm walking out to my car uh, and the guys are loading up on the bus and uh, my vice principal walks up to me and he was like, he was like, coach, he was like, so, you know, that was a rough one. I was like, yeah, you know, it's a bummer, but, you know, we're pretty shorthanded. And he was like, it was the first time I had been like told criticism from like a coworker and, well, my boss technically, yeah. not just like a, a parent complaining here or there. But he was like, you know, he's like, you guys just need to, you know, stop trying to have them run, run set plays they're middle schoolers oh. they can't do that they just need to run up and down the floor and wow. I, I was just like what uh and i think that i had a mask on because i think my face would have shown a little bit of you know surprise like i couldn't believe he was telling me that um yeah and he was just just clear like the stuff he was saying like he was speaking with conviction too he was like you know he's <laughs> like y'all just came down and you know the, you know uh the point guard just dribbled you know, for like 20 seconds around before, you know, trying to get the play going. And, you know, it's like, they're not going to remember the play they're, They can't even remember what they ate for lunch because they're in middle school. Blah, blah. And I was like, you don't know these kids. Like these kids yeah. are super smart. Like they're very capable. And also our plays are pretty simple and we have like four of them. You know, it's not like right. we're out there, you know, with a, a full crazy playbook, uh, you know, doing Steve Kerr crazy stuff. You know, it's just, yeah. it's simple yeah. stuff. Um, but I was kind of like, 
offended on behalf of them and i was like no you know they're just really shorthanded tonight and uh they got really tired so they you know they did kind of forget a play towards the end or two but um it, it was very bizarre i, I did yeah, not that's... enjoy the conversation <laughs> well yeah it's understandable that's just wrong like i mean obviously you want to win every game and you know he's disappointed you didn't win you're disappointed you didn't want to win but uh, a big part of middle school basketball is like they're going to be playing high school basketball before they know it, you know, like exactly. And, and so even if they don't know a lot of plays or, or whatnot, like to, to have to learn some plays and to know how that works, right? Like that it's practicing, like learning how to become better basketball players is the most important part of middle school basketball. And so, yeah, it's just really weird to say like, no, don't run plays, just let them ISO. That's yeah. Uh, it's really frustrating. It, and- it's also because we're a six through twelve school, which people forget. I mean, he shouldn't forget that since he's the, <laughs> one yeah. of the principals. But um, a lot of the way our our team works is like once a month, the high school coach meets with our coaching staff, and he will be like, "Okay, this is what I just implemented at the high school level. Uh, if you want to like dumb dumb it down a tiny bit here, this is a play, or this is a defense. Like we're running this type of zone, or this is a new press break we're putting in, or this is a play. And then we just put that into the middle school because he wants yeah. them to know that stuff w- when they get there. I mean, our eighth graders, we have like five or six. You know, they're going to be his players next year, right. and we're trying to use that as an advantage for our high school." Um, to like get them on the same page so just really bizarre but um i just remembered the 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 best story if you have got about five more minutes this story is actually made for you oh go hoosiers so it's about the hoosiers so um we are about a week before school uh got out for for break and um there's another assistant coach that I, I hardly ever talk about because he's not there as often um he works at the high school so he's not at every practice not at every game um, but and he's an older guy. I think he's probably in his maybe late fifties, early sixties. Um, and his only job at the high school is like just like hallway guy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> those of you that have been to big public schools, you know kind of what I'm talking about. Is this. he like a security guard or he's like no teacher no. type? Nope, no, he doesn't teach. Neither not security. Just kind of a guy. Huh. He's just. I think his title <laughs> would probably be like aide or something. But he's just around for, and he's just a kind of a tough older guy um, to like watch hallways and step in for help for certain stuff. But he's um, he's had a long career in football and basketball, kind of coaching stuff. Well, he's one of those people that he's he's like an onion that I've been peeling back layers on <laughs> since I've gotten to know him and finding out crazier and crazier things about like his life and the things he's done. Um, I feel like Spicer would really appreciate this. He's going to be really sad that, I mean, I guess he can listen to it. <laughs> but um, so uh, I actually, this guy was my real estate client back when I used to, um, was a real estate wow. agent. And so I showed him and his wife houses for over a year, like almost my full time that I was wow. doing it. And he never found a house and I quit and passed him off to someone else. <laughs> so um, we had a really good relationship already. Um, and I still didn't know any of this. So we're standing around and uh, I, I start kind of just talking with him and my head coach about college basketball and talking about Kentucky. And um, he was like, what's your favorite, you know, UK team of all time? I was like, oh, it's, you know, it's got to be the uh, 38 and one team, even though they didn't win. Like that ride was my favorite. That team was so deep, yada, yada, yada. And my coach made a comment about, you know, oh, they weren't as good as 
Davis and Gilchrist, all that type of stuff. And I was like, oh man, you know, but the depth. And so I just started listing out the players and I'm going down the line and I, I say, you know, and even, you know, a guy like Trey Lyles and this guy, his name's Coach Gore. Coach Gore just like, kind of like goes in an old man way, like, ugh, uh, Trey doesn't count. And I was like, <laughs> who calls Trey Lyles Trey? <laughs> you know, like that in yeah. and of itself is a weird thing to say. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, ah, he's like, you know, Trey's always too soft, you know, never, never uh, mean enough to, to be as good as, you know, as physically gifted as he is. And so I kind of like look at him like, again, why would you speak this? And I was just like, do do you know him or something? He was like, oh yeah, like I was his coach, you know, in high school back in Indiana. And I was <laughs> like, what? He was like, yeah, you know, we, you know, we made it to state that year. And I think maybe one state championship. I, can't I think remember. they did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They yeah. Did. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, I was on, you know, on that coach staff, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, he's a really good kid. Too nice of a kid. And he's like, we got, he named one of our players. He's like, he, he reminds me a lot of him actually. Cause you know, he's just too nice. And I was like, whoa, like, that's really bizarre. I was like, I didn't know that you, you know, I knew you were from yeah. Indiana, but I didn't know you coached, you know, at, yeah. at a big <laughs> high school. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, I, oh, you know, my Indiana roots are pretty deep, but you know, I was, uh, a walk on for uh, Coach Knight and blah, blah. and I'm like, wait a second! It's like, what? Are you serious? What? <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, back in the uh, you know the 70s. He's like, I was on the team with Isaiah Thomas, and uh, you know, he's like, I still keep up with the. I, I'm like shortening the story because it, sure. it would be boring if I said every line. But essentially, he told me he was a walk on for Bobby Knight. Uh, played against and with Isaiah Thomas and then all those other guys that were in, at Indiana around that time. And he was like, yeah, I'm Facebook friends with them or I still talk to them here and there. Um, but he started telling me stories about Bobby Knight's, <laughs> you know, coaching wow. stuff. We already know is insane, but right. he, he was telling me, and this is all came out over the course of a week. This wasn't even one conversation, but we had a practice. We were working on taking charges. He was like, man, this reminds me. He's like, the day I, I quit the, the team was the second year I was at Indiana. Uh, like Coach Knight called us in to his office before the practice and told us we were working on taking charges today. And so that meant that every walk-on, which there was, you know, three or four of us had to take a charge from every single player on the team. He's like, back then, you know, taking a charge was different than it is now. <laughs> and he's like, we just got, you know, the hell beat out of us for, you know, an hour and a half. He's like, the next time he said that, he's like, that was my last day. I walked out and never went back. And I was like, oh my gosh, just the stories were amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. I can only imagine, you know, there's a long period of time between when he was playing basketball at IU and when he was coaching Trey Lyles at Arsenal Tech. You know, it's like yeah. a 40-year window. I can only imagine if you got those two stories out of him, just how, how many other stories he has from those intervening years. Yeah, exactly, because he was at... He was in Jackson at some point between that time, coaching okay. when JCM used to be a, a school, a high school back in the day. He yeah. was their head football coach, I think, in oh. like the 90s or something. Wow, <laughs> so, so like, I'm sure he coached some players. I, I can't remember who went to JCM, but I know there are some, some, yeah. uh, some big some, names. Definitely some NFL players uh, yeah. that have come out of there. So it, it's all been clicking in. But the funny thing is, like, in our, like, kind of like totem pole he's like the third coach <laughs> like yeah. you know it's like yeah. i i sit in the chair closer like i sit in the, the higher chair than he does on the bench yeah. and i'm like this is not right like this doesn't make sense but he's so quiet and then like but every now and then he'll talk and or he'll get really intense and i'm like oh like there's the indiana like coming out <laughs> and he'll get like real mad at like when they mess up fundamental stuff and, and you know it, it's very funny it's like 
we have like a earth, wind, and fire type of uh, <laughs> thing going on, and he's definitely the fire. But it, it, but it's mates. it's just great. So I, I'm glad that I got to share that with you, uh, specifically yeah. with the Indiana connections. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. What an incredible story! Uh, loaded coach's corner, three fun little tales. So thank you for continuing to yeah, been, share those stories with us. I've <laughs> been been saving them up, but. Yeah, that's that's all I've got. Uh, Wyatt, I'm really glad you got to join. And um, anything else you want to leave the, the podcast with as we head out? Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm just, I'm really excited uh, to play in the championship and really excited to play against William. Uh, you know, if I lose, then uh, it's fine. William's a good boy. And I'd be happy for him to win too. Obviously, I'd be really pissy, but I love William, and uh, I I can't wait to to talk to him about this matchup and uh, and recap it afterwards while we play some video games. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, finally, let me be the first to wish you and yours a happy new year. Ah, he beat me to it, folks. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, as the man said, uh, I'm rooting for the winner faces because I can't be the oh. only podcast host on this uh, show here to not have a title. So good luck, Wyatt. Uh, Thank and you. until then, uh, catch you later. Bye-bye. Brought to you by Magiano Productions. Shit, shit, shit.